Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. You know, today is a really special Sunday. We have an incredible friend and mentor to Sergio and myself. And I mean, this man has the craziest workout routine. I didn't tell the first service, but I'm just amazed at you, Tim, and how you like take care of yourself. And that's another conversation, but he's awesome. And today he's going to share with us. And what I love about Tim is that he believes in Somos. He is behind the scenes and everything that we're doing and championing us and believing in us. And so today we get the honor to hear from him. So can you please give it up for Tim Selleck? Yeah, it's great to be here. You know, the, the cool part is so, 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 so good on this particular morning, right, like that. And I just want to say right off the bat, okay, congratulations on celebrating four years as a church. Give it up for yourself. That's right. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, you guys don't realize what I get to see. See, I, I, I'm the guy that planted a church 35 years ago. And uh, I, all I did was stay uh, for 30 years of that, stay five years ago, handed it off on the church's 30th birthday to a younger guy. And uh, I had the opportunity now to encourage, champion, um, high five, and see catapulted leaders like Sergio and Beatrice. And the other thing I just want to say right off the bat, Somos is an amazing church but it's led by two amazing people. So give it up for Beatrice and Sergio, okay? Give it up for them. Now, see, because of my responsibilities, I get to see what's going on in the church planting landscape. And uh, the reach and the size of this church in simply four years, it puts Somos Church in like the top 10% of church plants all across the United States of America. And then when you see that video there, to think it started in their living room, okay, I, I can actually identify with that. started in their living room, and then from a living room, it goes to sort of like a soundstage, and then COVID happens. Who would have thought two and a half of the four years would have been with COVID, you know, but still kept on keeping on. And we've gone from one service to two services, and now, like, at three services, and I know that some of you probably don't realize this, but on a particular weekend like this, there's like 250 people who come on a weekend are a part of Somos Church. What that means is, because of church attendance patterns, that means that nowadays the average church attender would come to a church that's like one time of every month. So there's like 500 to 750 people that consider Somos Church to be their church, okay? Now, I know you all come every weekend, okay? That's right. That's right, okay? Yeah, but but the reality is many people don't, and uh, God's at work here. And I just want to just give it up for people that I've met, Noemi and, uh, you know, Addie, who does the children's ministry. I met Angel and Alex and Joss and, and Jonathan, you know, all that. Eric was on the video. Have had the privilege of being around all of them. I'm just going to tell you this right now. I'm so incredibly 
proud of what God is doing in and through this church. So God is doing a work here. It's really amazing. Now, what I want to do is I want to tell you a story. And uh, this story kind of came to my mind yesterday as we were flying into El Paso. Because um, whatever the, the pilot did is he was banking kind of to the left. So, so um, where I was sitting on the left side of the plane, the, the wing tipped on. We were going around a mountain peak. And I could have swore as I looked out the window, not that flying freaks me out or anything, but I could have swore that the tip of the wing was going to hit the mountain peak, okay? That's just the way it looked from the perspective of my perspective. And it reminded me of this story where this, this guy got in a pilot, a pilot. There were four people on this, there were four people on this plane. There, were, there was a pilot. There was a Boy Scout. There was a minister and the world's smartest person, okay? And they were taking off out of Orange County Airport. You kind of you go out, and then you turn around, you bank, and go to San Gregorio Mountains. Well, on that particular day, there's not often happening in Southern California where I'm from, it, where there was a storm. But that day, there's a storm, so they started hitting turbulence in a little plane. And the pilot looked back at the other passengers and said, hey, I got to let you know, I've got bad news. We're, we're, we're going down. But here's the problem. There's four of us, and we've only got three three parachutes. And just as he said that, he said, I got to take one of them. I've got a young family. My family needs me. I'm out of here. And he jumped out of the plane. Well, right at that moment, the world's smartest man looked at the minister and the Boy Scout and said, hey, the world needs me. The world cannot live without me. And he grabbed one and he jumped out of the plane. Well, at that moment, you got the minister and the Boy Scout. And so the minister looked at the Boy Scout and said, son, son, um, I, I, I know the Lord. And uh, I know where I'm going when I die. Here, you have the last parachute. And the Boy Scout just looked at the minister and said, hey, cool it, Reverend. The world's smartest man just jumped out of the plane with my backpack. Okay? With my backpack. Right? Now, let me just say this right now, Okay? I'm going to just let this, let, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag right at the beginning. Just clear. I am not the world's smartest man. And if experience is truly the best teacher, I've grabbed at a lot of the wrong things in this life. A lot of you here, you are way smarter than I am. All I am is older than probably most of you here in this room. And the good news is being older just means I have a lot of experience. That's it. And of all that experience, I have learned some things the hard way. And that's made me wiser. Now, I know you don't know me, but this is what I'm going to ask you to do for me right now, okay? I'm going to ask you to grant me the gift of trust as I travel in my time over these next few moments. Because what I'm going to share with you is some stuff that I believe can change you, it can grow you, and it can bless you if you do it. However, what I'm talking about here today can seem like a very difficult discussion, particularly someone who's sort of new to the church world. And the reason being is, I'm talking today about our tendency as human beings to be self-focused, like as a culture, as a people group. For example, this week I did a Google search on the concept of self-centeredness. 
And there, are, there were 577 million Google sites that came up when I just looked up that particular concept. And then right across the street from where I live in Orange County, California, um, is, is literally this library. So I went across the street to see what magazines might have to say about it on the topic of self-centeredness. And, and nowadays you look up things digitally, and I was surprised to find that there are 30 different topics just under the category of self. There was self-actualization, self-analysis, self-assertion, self-awareness, self-confidence, self-control, self-defense, self-determination, self-development, self-discovery, self-enrichment, self-esteem, self-expression, self-fulfillment, self-help, self-identity, self-image, self-improvement, self-indulgence. Should I keep going? Okay. Okay. Self-love, self-realization, self-reliance, and self-respect. We are a very self-conscious society, are we not? We're preoccupied with ourselves. Now, we at Somos Church, we believe very strongly in God's Word. So, so look with me, if you will, at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says these words. In the last days, it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian, for people will love, for people will love, and everybody say the next five words with me out loud. Everybody here say with me the next five words. What's it say? We'll love what? only themselves and their money. People will love only themselves and their money. Ever met anyone like that? See, the way I see it is there are three forms of self-expression. The first is, the first is individualism. Individualism says others don't matter. Now, well, we're sophisticated. We would never say it that way. But have you ever heard anybody say, I got to do what's best for me. Ever heard anybody say that? I got to do what's best for me. Or the motto is, do your own thing. Let me, let me just ask you a question. Do you think people in our society today are becoming more considerate or more rude? More considerate or more rude? Which one? Rude, that's right. Because people... People basically think, well, you really don't matter, so I'm going to be rude to you. And what's behind that? Individualism. That other people at the core don't really matter. Now, the second form of self-expression, second form of self-expression is secularism, which basically says God doesn't matter. Now, I'll just tell you this right now. After pastoring a church for 30 years, no longer in the driver's seat of that church, my wife and I simply now just attend that church, just like you're attending Somos Church. Well, I'll tell you something. I've discovered that most people, it's not that they don't believe that God doesn't exist. It's just that they don't really believe he's relevant. Most people will never deny that God exists. It's just that they really aren't all that interested in him. So, so they ignore him and they'll say, I, I don't really need God. Well, this guy named Job uh, he wrote these words down in a book that bears his name. In Job, look at what it says here in chapter 21. It says, the wicked tell God to leave them alone. They don't want to know. They don't want to know his will or his plan for their lives. Which basically says, hey, God, you stay on your side of the fence, and I'll stay on my side. Right? In other words, hey, God, don't, don't you bother me, and, and I won't bother you. 
You handle the world, and I will keep control of my life. So you have secularism and individualism. Um, one says, I don't need God. And the other says, I don't really need people. All I need is me. I don't want anyone to cramp my style. So you have those two. There's a third one. Narcissism. Narcissism, which, which basically says all that matters is me. Now, when I use the word narcissism, just so we're clear, I'm not talking about the clinical definition. Um, I'm just talking about the trend in, in us as humans, which, come on, it's like all we're interested in is my goals, my dreams, my desires, my fulfillment, my happiness, my career. Nothing else matters. And so everything else gets evaluated by what's in it for who? Who? Me. We live in a live-for-yourself world. Do your own thing. And so the idea, this idea that all that matters is me, by the way, it starts in us at a very early age. Think about it. One of the most amazing developments in the lives of human beings like you and me is when we say our first words. Now, as young parents, how many parents we have right now in the house? Raise your hands. How many parents? Okay, lots of you. Okay, so as young parents, here's what happens. We want our kids to speak so badly, right? We try to accelerate the process. And some parents, not that I ever did this, but some parents, if you're the mom, you want them to say mommy first. If you're the dad, you want them to say daddy first. Now, come to think of it, both of our kids said daddy. Shows you who they really see as important. But anyway, that's another thing, okay? My wife's here today, so i got to be careful with this, okay? Now, so, so the first words, that's the first word they learned, mommy or daddy. The next word that is the word, it's a two-letter word. What? No, no. And psychologists tell us this is a very important stage. Why? Because it helps the child individuate to assert his or her sense of autonomy. Psychologists tell us that this is a good stage, the no stage. Although, let me tell you something. Psychologists who say that have never had a small child of their own, okay? Now, right around this time, kids pick up another word. They, yeah, 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 you're getting ahead of me now. Let me get it going here, okay? See, you know it so well. So when someone wants to play with their toys, someone wants a taste of their food, they'll say this word. And it's a four-letter word. What's the first four-letter word kids learn? Mine. My toys. My stuff. My room. My bed. Mine, Right? And this form of self-expression, I'm going to meddle a little bit here. It is embedded in every one of us from the very earliest of days. Some people go to their graves, and it's still their favorite word. They may not ever say it out loud, but it defines who they are. It's on their wallet. It's on their checkbook. It's on their car. It's on their house. It's on their life. Mine. Now today, we're going to talk about the opposite. We're going to talk about the word surrender. We're going to talk about the word sacrifice. Surrendering or sacrificing. I'm just going to let it right now. It's tough for us as human beings. It really is, because 
All of the focus for us from the very earliest of our being born was on me and mine since childhood. And the truth about us as human beings is, I've got to tell you right now, ultimately the day will come where you will say one of two things to God. You will either say, yours, God. Everything I am, everything I have is yours. Or you will say, mine, God. And I give you nothing or very, very little. The day will come where you will say one or two things to God. Mine, God, is all mine. Or you will say, yours, God. It's, it's yours. And today, I'm just going to let you a little bit in on what I hope happens. By the end of my time with you, I want you to be willing to say it's yours, God. My, my treasure is yours. I commit to generously surrender it beyond anything I've ever done before in my life. And I want there to be a willingness today. For sure, I'd love for you to say that I want to, I desire to. But here's where the difference is for me being up here. I want you to go past that to say I'm going to. And I thought the best way for me to discuss this with you is to share something that happened to me with a high school student in the church that I pastored for 30 years. It was about two years before my time of handing the church over because I didn't want to be the old guy who overstayed, okay? And, uh, um, and so this, this, kid, this kid said to me, he said, uh, uh, hey, Tim, do you mind? If I ask you a personal question, and by the way, in the church I pastor, nobody ever called me pastor, just called me Tim. And so I said, you know, I don't mind. You know I shoot straight with people. I said, go for it. So this kid looks at me and he says, hey, does the Crossing Church, that's the church that I, I started all those years ago. You can look it up on Google. Does the Crossing Church force you to give your money back to the church? <laughs> I said, I said, uh, and then he looked at me and he says, do, do, do you have to give because you're the pastor? And I just chuckled and I said, no, no one, no one forces me to give. No one manipulates me to give. And then I said to him, I said, you know, um, I'd love to tell you why I do. Let's get together. And I, I thought for sure he'd say, let's get together for pizza. He said, no, let's get together for coffee. So, so we, went, we went out to a coffee shop. And uh, the things that I shared with this kid about seven years ago, are the things that I'm going to share with you here today. Okay? But back when I shared these with that high school kid, what you all need to know is, I was just like Beatrice and Sergio. I was the pastor of that church. Now, I am not an official pastor role. Today, I'm no different than any one of you I sit and I'm an attendee of that church. So right now, today, I'm not talking to you from a pastor's perspective. I'm just talking to you as somebody who knows Jesus personally. I'm talking to you as somebody who Jesus has radically changed. Why do I willingly surrender or generously give of a portion of my resources back to God's work in this world? Number one, 
Number one, the first is I generously give because it allows me to feel better about myself. Now, when, when I release, when I surrender, when I let go of the money that, that I have back to the church that we now attend, I'll just be honest with you, I like myself better. I mean, like, the, like so often our self-worth is tied to our net worth. Wouldn't you agree? See, come on, most of us in this room today, uh, we're adults. And let's just go back a few things earlier that I said. We continue to struggle at this age even and at this life stage with the word that we learned when we were one or two or three years old. Mine. And the way I see it is this. People like us, we are either givers or takers. And I'm just going to let you know, I don't want any part of being a taker. I I, want to be a giver. So every time I give, I am mirroring the central, most foundational characteristic of God because God is a giver. So the real questions for me and you are these. Do I get to get or do I get to give? And I've gone through periods in my life where I've gotten to God, right? Where I get to get. And I'm not too proud of that. But in God's economy, I get to give. And I like myself when I give, okay? Now, another reason, number two, I enjoy generously, number two, um, giving and surrendering, particularly in the realm of money, is because generous giving breaks the grip of materialism in my life. Hey, let me ask you a question. And don't, don't smile at me. Don't nod. Don't raise your hand. Do you struggle with materialism? Now, if I ask you to throw your hand up, your hand better go up. We all do. Um, when, when I travel, and these days I actually travel more than I've ever traveled in my whole entire life because I get the privilege of being around church planters like Sergio and Beatrice, and, um, and people will come up to me and, and they'll go, hey, Tim, um, uh, I'll just be honest with you. And I always like, 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 in our conversation up to this point, are you telling me you weren't honest with me? You know, whenever, whenever somebody says that to me, and people say that a lot, it just confuses me. But people, like, people will say this to me. They'll say, hey, to, 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 be honest, to be honest with you, I hear that Orange County, California is, like, really materialistic. And, and, and I want to laugh when I hear that because everybody struggles with materialism. I don't care if... If you live in the Midwest, just so we're clear, I grew up in the Midwest, in the state of Ohio, in the northwest part by Lake Erie. Most of you don't even know where that's at, which is okay, because most people don't even know where El Paso is at, okay? Just so we're clear, okay? So, so, so I don't care if you grew up in the Midwest, or if you live on Rodeo Drive, or El Paso, Texas. Everybody struggles with materials. And what is materialism anyway? Let me give you a definition. This is mine. It's, it's, a, it's a focus on the stuff of life and the comforts of life over and above spiritual values, like the spiritual value of generosity. And we all struggle with that because what happens is we think we make money. And whenever a guy tells me, I made it, I go, well, who gave you your mind? Who gave you your two hands? How do you break the grip of materialism? I'll tell you how my wife and I do it. We regularly surrender a percentage 
of what we make back to our local church. And I'm just going to be honest. In my humanness, I have no desire to do that whatsoever. Because I'm like you. I think it's mine. It's my treasure. And that's my focus. And you know what? You're no different. But God has shown me because he's so gracious and so awesome, I get to be a little bit like him. And so I, I give. Okay. Um, and you know what's hilarious to me about materialism? Is materialism... Materialism begins where your income ends. Some of you will get that on Thursday, okay? Okay, let me, let me see if I can, like, let me see if I can make, make some sense of that. Okay, like if someone drives um, the same car or the same kind of truck you drive, you don't think they're materialistic. But if they drive a better car, or a better truck than you drive, oh, well, they're materialistic. Isn't that true? Isn't that kind of how we operate? See, materialism is a funky thing. It's freaky. So how do you break it? Okay, you give. Number three, the third reason why I like to give is I give generously because generous giving is a way to express my love and vision for the, for the vision of the local church, okay? Um, I'll tell you, I, I, I love the local church. I, I, I mean, it's just a treat for me to be at Somos Church. What God's done at this church over the first four years is, is staggering. And in fact, they, the, the, the Matthew 18, look what Jesus said. Jesus said these words. Jesus said, I want you all to read the, what Jesus said out loud with me. Let's all read it. Jesus said, I will build my Christian school. Is that what it says? No. Let's do it again. Here we go. Ready? ready? Jesus said what? Ready, ready? Well, let's go and say it. I will build my university. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say I'll build my nonprofit. Jesus said, I will build my what? Church. Church. It's very clear. Jesus has taken away all the debate, all the guesswork. There are two things that will last forever, people and the church. So we have an opportunity. I have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to invest in the church. And the question is, how does Jesus build the church? He gives you treasure. And he uses you as a conduit because it passes through you and penetrates a city like El Paso so that others can be reached and grow up in Jesus like you are. That's how God builds the church. See, I'm just going to say it again. If you don't know it, you need to know it, because I see it. Somos Church is a God thing. God has done some stuff at Somos Church that is just freakishly miraculous. It's truly amazing. However, I'm also going to say this, as you sit here and you hear my voice to you right now, if you're not releasing, if you're not giving, if you're not surrendering the treasure that God has given to you through your income back to this local church, then this church isn't being all it can possibly be. And sure, by the way, Sergio and Beatrice didn't ask me to be here because Somos isn't doing okay. Somos is doing okay. However, I'll tell you, as, as, as we go beyond from 2023 to 2024 to Cinemark and all that God has in store, if even one person isn't generously surrendering 
there's a part missing, and this church can't be all that God wants it to be. Which leads me to the next reason why I surrender. It's I surrender, uh, I give, because generous giving, it's a one-of-a-lifetime adventure. People would always say to me when I was the pastor of the church I started, hey, Tim, I want to know that God's working and alive and moving in my life. How can I see that? And here's what I would always tell them. First thing I'd say is invest time daily reading God's Word, the Bible. And at that same time, spend time talking to Him in prayer. But then the other thing I would always say is this. After that, start being like God. And God is a giver. Begin by giving one dime of every dollar you make back to your church. That's one of the quickest ways to see God move in your life. I, I, I generously give because it's a one-of-a-lifetime adventure. You'll see God move in your life because you know why? You're being most like him, which leads me to the next and last reason I give is I give because giving is a response to the one I surrendered my life to who generously gave his life for me. I told the, the team of the team here at Somos earlier this morning, I said that when somebody gives up their life for you, that's what Veterans Day is all about, by the way. When someone gives up your, their life for you, you can't help but graciously want to respond. The one who I surrendered to surrendered himself for me. This isn't optional. It's not something that I, I, it's even worthy of debate. I give, I'm generous because he first gave. In fact, if you don't get anything else I say today, forget everything else I say, that's fine. Don't forget this. Don't forget this. Generosity is at the core of who God is. So every time I give, I'm simply reflecting back that God is in me. Um, I'm going to say it again. I'm an attendee of a local church just like you. I'm not manipulated to give. I don't have to give. Just in the realm of my money, I want to be a generous person. I want to, you know, can I, I'm going to just say, um, uh, the, the people that, like, you know, know my, my, uh, my portfolio, if you want to call it that, financially, at the end of the year, when somebody's doing my taxes, I want to give them heart palpitations. I want them to look at my stuff and go, what do you mean? Why are you giving that much? Are you crazy? I can't believe that. I'm going to tell you right now what I'm talking about. And I said this at the very beginning. The world will never understand the generosity of those who know Jesus. But for me, this is about Jesus. And Jesus surrendered his life big time. Look at this. Hebrews. Hebrews, it says this. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. He, he gave all of himself. Look at Romans 12. Romans 12, here's what it says. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. He's talking to you and me. Give your bodies to God. Let them be living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. Everybody read the last sentence out loud with me. Let's all read out loud. What do you see on the screen? Let's read it. When you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? One more time. Say it one more time. When you think of what he has done for you, 
Is this too much to ask? And I'm going to tell you, once I own the answer to that question, once I process that, once I realize what Jesus accomplished for me, I can't wait but to give. Here's the reality when it comes to my life and your life. There's three things you can do. You can waste your life, and there's a lot that we spend our time wasting our lives on. We can spend your life, and we spend our stuff on a lot of different things, right? Or, or you can invest it, invest it in something that's going to outlast it. Look at this passage in Mark chapter 10. These are Jesus' words. By the way, if you want to get ticked off today, don't get mad at me. Just get mad at Jesus, okay? Here's what he says. He says, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything. Homes, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or property for the love of me and to tell others the good news who won't be given back a hundred times over and shall have eternal life. He says, whatever you give up, God says, I'm going to restore it a hundredfold. Do you understand what that, that's 10,000% interest. How many of you here have ever tried to save any kind of money? Raise a hand. Okay, most of us have, right? Right now in your 401k, right now in your IRA, right now in maybe one savings account, are you getting 10,000% interest? No. You can't get that anywhere else except by giving a portion back to God. Now, let, let, let me end this way, and, and, then, and then we're done. I was thinking a ton this week uh, because, again, I saw, I saw her on TV, and I never really noticed her all that much, although I do like her music, but I see her a lot more these days because of NFL football. And she seems to, she seems to be around a lot. I can't, I, I'm not really sure if it's really true that she's dating um, this guy or it's just all to build the brand of NFL. I'm not really sure, okay? But, but, but okay, you know who I'm talking about? Anybody who am I talking about? It's Taylor Swift. Look at that. And you're not even football fans. Because if you were football fans, you'd be home right now watching Dallas play the Panthers. Can't believe we're not doing that. But anyway, okay? So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Get this. Taylor Swift came through Southern California this past summer. And I started thinking to myself, there are a whole lot of you here at Somos Church, and you're a bigger deal than Taylor Swift in my mind. And you know why? Because you are heroes. Do, do you know the difference between a hero and a celebrity? Like, it, it's like the difference between Mother Teresa, if you know that name, and Taylor Swift. Or Billy Graham, if you know that name. Or, or Billie Eilish, you know that name, okay? Okay? Martin Luther King and Stephen King. One's just famous, and the other has made sacrifices for people in this world. It's the difference between Rosa Parks and Rihanna. One's a hero and one's a celebrity. What makes the difference between heroes and celebrities? Is it talent? Oh, they both have talent. Is it intelligence? No, both heroes and celebrities have intelligence. Is it persistence? Oh, heroes and celebrities. They have to be persistent. The difference lies in sacrifice. Listen to me now. There are a lot of people in this world who make sacrifices for themselves. 
They will sacrifice for their personal gain. They will sacrifice for their own goals. They will sacrifice to build a great career or, or to get into a great house or to drive an incredible car or to be whatever they want to be, like, right, to move into expertise in their particular field. A lot of people make sacrifices, but most of those people do it for themselves. What makes a hero? A hero sacrifices, surrenders for the benefit of others. That's the difference between a celebrity and a hero. And I just want to say something right now. And I'm going to differentiate, and I hope it doesn't cause you problems. Some of you here today, not all of you, some of you here today are heroes. Because you are surrendering a portion of your income back to this local church to see it have the kind of reach that it could never have without your sacrifice. And I want to say if I was sitting down with you over coffee, which I'll probably never get the chance to do, you're a hero. You're a hero in my book because you're doing something that hardly anybody does and you're doing it for someone else. But here's my challenge. Some of you aren't and I'm not here to guilt you. I'm not here to shame you. But I am here to offer you an incredible opportunity. You too could be a hero simply by taking a portion. Just a portion. You decide. If you if you don't now surrender, here's my challenge in the month of December. Just, just try this. What you're about to spend on Christmas, keep doing that, but give the same amount back to this, your church. And then continue that in 2024. And for some of you who do now give, my encouragement to you would be go beyond. You know, this right here, like I said at the outset, I, I would hope that by the end of my message with you today, you'd be willing to, you'd want to, you'd desire to. My challenge is to move out of those aspirational ideals and say, I'm going to. Use the QR code. Fill out this card and then activate it over the whole month of December. You'll be glad you did. Why? Because at the core, you are becoming more like God whose central characteristic is that he is a now as we close in prayer and as we as we stand and close here's what I'd like you to do I, I would like you all uh, we're going to start this way I'd like you to bow your heads I want you to close your eyes but then I want you just to clench your fists that's right just clench your fists mine's clenched as well and the truth is this is how human beings like us live 
most of our lives. But my challenge to you, those of you who are listening live today, those of you who are listening on demand today, and those of you who right here are standing in front of me today, my challenge for you as you move into this season of beyond, closing out 2023, traveling in in a God-sized fashion into 2024, my challenge for you would be to take your hand. And let's all do this right now. Just open it. Just open it nice and wide. And then I want you to tilt your palm so your palm is upward. Because when your palms are upward, that is the classic, by the way, that 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 symbol right now, that exhibition right now that you're doing physically, it's, it's a standard, not just in the Christian world, but it literally is it's a standard expression of surrender. And my prayer for you right now as your hands are lifted upward and altogether open, my prayer would be for you that, that you would do something maybe that you're not now doing and that you would surrender a portion of your financial resources by doing so, demonstrating at the very core that you are exhibiting the nature of the God you say you believe in. God, as we close our time here today, my prayer would be for each and every person who's, who's now in this room, who are now listening to me, their rooms, with their cars, with their homes. God, I pray that this year we would relinquish, we would release some of our finances that you have given to us back to you through our church. God, we thank you for what you've done in us through Somos, and we thank you in advance for friends, our neighbors, and our co-workers as a result of Somos because of our surrender. God, I ask this now. I'm believing it's going to happen and it'll be at 100%. Every amount will be different, but everyone will be surrendering. And that'll be a wonderful thing. And I ask this now. Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Now, before you go, let me just remind you. Let me remind you, this Thursday at 1030, at 1030, we're going to be doing Thanksgiving together, right? Thanksgiving, or you can do it later if you want. But I want to let you know right now, that does not grant you a free pass from next Sunday, okay? So next Sunday, let's all be here because Beatrice and and Sergio will be back in front. They're way better, okay? So let's, let's make sure we're here next Sunday for what God is going to do as we wrap up this series beyond. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye now. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. 
It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.